Iowa everywhere. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Chris Williams. Chris. Chris Hassel. Two guys named Chris. Presented by Fairway Meat and Grocery. From the Channel Seed Studios, this is Iowa Everywhere. Channel Seed. Seedsmanship at work. Welcome to Two Guys Named Chris. It is Monday, December the 4th. My name is Chris Williams, joined as always by Chris Hassel, Maddie Van Winkle producing the program. We are presented by Fairway Meat and Grocery in the Channel Seed Studios. What a weekend. We have so much to talk about. How are you, Chris Hassel, with a very festive backdrop today? Yeah, how about that? You like you it? Like in your wife's like nook or something? <laughs> I am in the, this is actually our dining room. Uh, it's going to be a really rough week for me because the wife just left this morning for a full week to go to Connecticut to work. So I'm on my own. I've, you know what? All I have left, the only thing I have in this house to eat is my leftovers from the fairway meal that I grilled up. Come on, Ben. Wink. Calm so your kid down. Again... We're going to go through this where you're just not going to be able, you're not even functional to make a meal for yourself. Well, look, I, I grilled all that fairway meat over the weekend. That was a pretty big step for me. But the problem is, is getting it. Like I, I need, I can cook meat and stuff. I don't know how to do any of the sides. Like I've the got. sides are overrated. I, I know you think that, but I've got to have some kind of a side. We do have a leftover baked potato. I've got look at that three course meal ribeye, strip, is that a filet? And sirloin. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Mm, mm, is that mm, the meat mm, that Brian sent mm. you? Let's give our proper shout outs here. It, Thanks to Fairway. It is. Brian sent me the Fairway meat mm, box, mm, mm, and we mm, busted mm. into that sucker. It was good. Good eats. That one on the left looks nice and moist. One on the right looks oh. like you overcooked it a little bit. Well, no, the the one on the right was actually. Perfect. That was the strip. Because I like to I like to blacken it. I like to sear that some bitch and then pull it off at about 135. That's not overcooked. That's medium rare. Technically, medium rare is 145. I pull it at 135. Because I'm one of those scientific bastards, unlike you. I've got the the little thermometer, so I know. What are you talking exactly. about? Exactly. You think I don't cook with a thermometer? No, I think you just go by eyesight. No, it's actually awesome. The Traegers, because I got a Traeger, it, you can, I can watch it on my phone. Like I can change the temperature of the grill because it, it's constantly telling me my meat's temperature on an app. So you, yeah, what, what do you like, have, I'm, like a little device that you insert into the meat? Yeah. Well, what if it's like five different pieces of steak? How are you going to do that, smart guy? Well. You don't do that with steak. I mean, I'm talking about when I'm like slow cooking ribs and stuff like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. Well, it was great. Anyways, glad you enjoyed your meat. I did. And I'm going to enjoy it for dinner tonight. And then after that, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah, I did just hock a loogie in a cup. I'm sorry. That was not dipping. <laughs> that was not dipping, Connors. Ah, say hello to ESPN's Kevin Connors in the chat today. So Connors... I mean, I know we'll get into this a lot more later, Hi, but he's, he's so pissed at people like Max Bredos, who is a Florida State alum, Florida State fan. Connors thinks that they got it right. So I, I, this, this I is don't. one of those deals where like, I could totally come up with a argument for either side and, and sell it pretty well. 
I think. I mean, because like, here's the deal: if you if you think Florida State should have been left out, you you simply say, "All right, if you're Jim Harbaugh in Alabama, would you rather play Florida State or, or yeah. if you're Jim Harbaugh in Michigan, who would you rather play?" That's but see, the that's easy not argument. how it should be. That is, I, I agree. And then we go because uh, I I'm with you. I don't think that Florida State is one of the four best teams in the country right now. Correct. I don't. And technically, that's in the bylaws. That, but but it, give me a break. For, for 10 years, this has not been a selection of the four best teams. It's it's the four best slash most deserving slash teams that have actually earned it. Like, if it's the four best, then why play the games? They, they, they won every game that they had. They were 2-0 and against the SEC. They even won games without their starting quarterback, without their backup quarterback. And yeah. as Trevor points out, if the roles were reversed, mm-hmm. Bama would still be put in. If Bama lost their starting quarterback and they still went 13-0, and <laughs> you think they would pass them up? No. No chance. Now, another thing that was brought up, and I, and I can't remember by who, but I saw it on, on Twitter. Why would you now even disclose any in injury information? Yeah. Like, that's if, a really if Florida State, if Mike Norvell mm. were to do it over again, you think he's telling the truth about Jordan Travis's injury? No, you just no. do the old Matt He's Campbell saying, thing. no, he'll be back for the playoff, or we, we hope to get him back by the playoff. And then maybe they select you. They probably would. Totally right. Yeah. I, the thing is, the hypocrisy of all this is like, okay, so Michigan's number one, right? Mm-hmm. Look at their non-conference schedule and compare oh it to Florida God. State's. Terrible. You see what I'm saying? Like the, and, and that's where our commenter just nailed it. it. It's about just the perception of all of this. And... I agree. We're not, we are not making the case here that Florida State right now is better than these. We're not. We're not trying to make that case. The, the entire point is just like, what else could they have done? They scheduled LSU. Mm-hmm. They won at Florida. They have good wins in there. You know, the the ACC is not murderer's row, but it's not. They played a significantly tougher schedule than Georgia did. Am I wrong? Uh, well, I mean, strength of schedule wise, if you look at the numbers, the, the metrics will tell you that it was a really weak schedule for Florida State, like 55th in the country and Georgia's was tougher. But that is all propped up on the notion that the SEC yeah. teams are so much better. Like, is Ole Miss really the 11th best team? Is is Missouri really the ninth best team? And I, I saw Missouri almost beat Georgia, but... Uh, come on, I, I think it's pretty propped up just because of the SEC versus the ACC and the way we think about things. And it wasn't Florida State's fault that Clemson had a down year. That at the Florida end of the had day, a down year. At the end of the day, like two things really were true to me yesterday. One was that there was no way in hell that the college football playoff, which is obviously in bed with ESPN because of television contracts and all that stuff. This is a TV product. Did you see, Col Williams, the last commercial going into where they made the selections, where they revealed no, the top I six teams? The last commercial before they came back on set was this slick promo for the SEC on ESPN in 2024. That yeah, was the It last just problem. means more stuff. Mm -hmm. Because CBS is losing the SEC. E ESPN's got it. And they've got all of it. Well, And that was, the, that was so fitting. College football has done this to itself over the last, really since 1985 with that Supreme Court case with <laughs> Oklahoma and the NCAA and about television rights. Where the, the sport... As much as we all love it, and sometimes we love it because it gives us stuff to talk about in June, 
but it's always it's become more of a television product and I re- honestly it's kind of like a reality show that we're all just tuned into as opposed to just the actual athletic competition trying to find the best team. We think about this. When we were kids, think think now about what the bowl system used to be and how we used to decide a national championship in this sport. It's insane. Yeah. Oh, okay. So no matter what, no matter how bad the Pac-10 is and the Big Ten was or whatever this year, or or maybe uh, the number one team in the Big Ten is playing the number one team in the Pac-10, and they are going to kick off in the Rose Bowl, goddammit. And we are going to kick off when the sun is setting. At, it, the sun has to set at halftime. Okay. <laughs> and, the, and the Big Eight team has to play the uh, eight, it, it was a Big East team. I think they used to play in the Orange Bowl no matter what. And we yeah, do not care. It was always care. like Miami, Nebraska. Yeah. We do not care how many times in a row these teams go there. We do not care what they all are ranked. And then we're going to have a group of sports writers who. Don't watch games because TV doesn't really exist back then. It wasn't like it is now where you can watch every game all the time. We're going to have this group of sports writers and sports information directors because the coaches don't actually do this. Mm -hmm. And they are going to devote to determine who the national. We did this for what other sport in the world? Could you imagine that? Put yourself like the NFL. Okay, we're going to put. It's going to be the NFC South champion against the AFC East champion. And every year, they're going to kick off in Pasadena. <laughs> and we're going to have a parade. And then we're going, to, we're going to determine the winner of the Super Bowl by watching all these little matchups. And then we're going to, we're going to vote on it. Right. Think about So when you're watching all these reactions from, from people, and again, my thing, and I was texting you before the day, there's no way that ESPN, which basically owns all of this television property, which is what college football is, they're, they have two biggest partners in everything that they do, the SEC and the college football playoff. And ESPN needs ratings, okay? They were not going to alienate and piss off their two... Or, or I, I should put it this way: the playoff wasn't going to alienate their two biggest partners, which is ESPN and the SEC, and that's exactly what happened. It didn't matter if Georgia won; it didn't matter how anything played out on Saturday. The SEC was not missing out on the college football playoff. Period. There was no way that was there was not a single scenario in which they would have done that. Let me pose this question to you because the way they laid the rankings out <clears throat> would suggest that the SEC championship game did not determine Florida State's fate because the committee still had Texas ahead of Alabama and Alabama ahead of Florida State. So in theory, if Georgia would have won that game, Florida State still would have been left out. It would have been Georgia 1, Michigan 2, Washington 3, Texas 4. Now in theory, the way they laid it out here, but do you think... If it, if it was between, instead of Alabama and Florida State, if it was between Texas and Florida State, would it have been any different? I don't. Some people think that it would. I also wonder, I think Texas is deserving for what it's worth. I think I do they're too. really good. I think, they'll, I think it'll be Texas and Alabama in the championship game for what it's worth. I wonder how much just the Texas brand plays into all this too because again like I mean if you just want to go like just your, your freaking eye test and stuff like that would Washington even be in it or would they just put Georgia in it like what's the difference in really I mean the Pac-12 was better this year but with Washington and Florida State I mean it's a very it's a similar argument other than the quarterback thing what Washington had was a really impressive win in the championship game like that yeah. against Oregon as a nearly double digit favorite they controlled that game but if Florida they State would have beat Louisville test. like that it wouldn't have mattered cuz everybody already had their mind made up yeah my whole thing right. is what if what if Florida State has like a Cardale Jones story and we, we we're not even going to get to see it play out i do wonder 
if this third stringer would have come in and performed like Cardale, like one of those Ohio State backups, and they just blew the doors off of Louisville, would that have changed things? I don't think it would have. I think I'm way too cynical now. I, call me a conspiracy. I had a couple people calling me a tinfoil hat guy. I just I don't think I am. I'm very much. Well, you a, do believe in aliens and ghosts, so well. Follow the money, though, and again, like this isn't a normal sport. This every is sport. other sport. If you win yeah. all your games, you have a chance to win it all. The, this College football has, is the only one where where you do not control your own fate. For 50 years, no, for longer than that, 100 years, this sport has been decided by guys in suits and boardrooms and resorts. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the good news. This this is the last season for it. This is it. Like I, I This would have been a lot bigger story. I, I would have been a lot more pissed off if, if we didn't know that this all changes next season. Because starting next season with the 12-team playoff – you are never going to have, at least I don't think, an undefeated team that doesn't make the college football playoff. I mean, the the way things are, I mean, I, I guess you could try to argue there's a scenario where, oh, God, okay, Oregon State, no longer really in a Power 5 conference, could go 13-0 and against the, the Mountain West thing, and they get, I, I don't know. They, they, they should still probably get in. Because you're going to put in the the highest ranked non-power conference champion, mm-hmm. but you're also you're also going to get several teams out of the Big Ten and SEC now. And look yeah. at these four teams this year that made it. They're all going to be in the Big Ten or SEC next season, right? Washington's going to be in the Big Ten. That's the Texas thing. will be in the SEC. We're going to get more teams, but the controversy in the <clears throat> nobody trusts this sport. Nobody trusts it. Can we play the leech clip real quick? Man, this was prophetic. It's a little bit long for a show like ours, but I I just think it's so worthy of going back. Listen to what Mike Leach said. How this long was ago like, was this? He was at Washington State, so this yeah, was so this at was least like five or six ago. years ago. Well, probably even longer than that. I think this was like closer to like eight or nine years ago. Okay, this was Mike Leach out at Washington State. Hurts it as the is the is the mind-numbingly short-sighted notion that four teams for a playoff, you know, somehow establishes something, and that that's a very clever approach. I mean, that's such a brilliant approach. That's why everybody does it that way. You know, I mean, nobody does it that way. I mean, if we we're so smart, wouldn't all the other sports say, "I know what." Let's have a committee, you know, because why not? Because, you know, we're American. We love committees. Let's get us a committee. Well, who should be on the committee? Well, I don't know. This guy's a good guy. Let's have him on the committee. Well, I mean, there's people on the committee that don't even have remote associations with football, nor have they at any level other than being a fan. But you know what? Let's have them on a committee. Why not? And then... um, I mean, it'd be fun. We'd go to that resort. We could talk. We could hang out at dinner. And then we'll decide which four teams should go. Because you know why? We don't need to solve this on the field. Because we're the ones that know. And then, um, um, so, I mean, you know, if we're going to do it that way, we should just ask them at the beginning of the season, you know, just go ahead and you guys vote on it, figure out one, two, three, and four, and why, why even have the games? To me, I mean, that, that, it's not a playoff. There's nothing to play off about it. And, 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 and this is even if we make it. Even if we make it, my thoughts don't change. Um, um, I mean, how can, you, how can you call it a playoff when, when there's four teams? Uh, conference champions don't even necessarily make the playoffs. Because you know why? Because the committee knew better. <laughs> the Jeez. best part of that is, well, hey, well, we're just we're going to name it one, two, three. Why are we even playing games? We're just going to name him the champion. And it was so prophetic. That is, oh my God, it's just spot on for exactly what happened here. Exactly what happened. But and this saying, is the like, first time this has happened. By the way, this, this has never happened before, and not just the college football playoff. That's only been around ten years. But going back all the way to the BCS, which began in what? 
99, 2000. So we're talking a generation now. This thing's been around. There's never been an unbeaten Power 5 team that has been left out for a one-loss team. The only time it ever happened was when there were too many unbeatens. Two one-loss teams this time. Right. Texas and Alabama. Yeah. It's it's terrible. That's where we're at, brother. Now, I, selfishly as a viewer, we're going to get better games. No doubt. <laughs> That's but. the thing, too. I wish that, you know... There needs to be more nuance in this conversation as opposed to you're an idiot. You're an idiot. Like Yeah, right. You can you can acknowledge that Florida State but they but they still got robbed. I don't know how anybody watching this could could be like, yeah, and not feel for those guys. And they went scorched earth. Here's my prediction. We don't have to spend a ton of time on this. I'm gonna put on the old Tim Foyle hat again. A lot of unrest in the ACC. This summer, of course, the Big 12 expanded. I have a hunch this will create even more unrest in the ACC the way they were left out. I bet you Brett Yormark has a meeting this morning talking to people. And um, I I, I don't know, but I, I could see more realignment coming from this. I... Sucks. But. Agree with that because I, I, if if you're sitting there and you're Florida State and you were already looking to get out, yeah, then this happens, and they're using strength of schedule against you in the resume comparison. I'm sorry, I've got to get out of here because I can't guarantee anything anymore. Now, again, you do have to take into account that things change next season with the expanded playoff. But ACC might get one team in. I mean, do you really think the ACC is going to get multiple teams like the Big Ten, like the SEC? That's where this conversation will go next year. And then, because it's going to be like, should, not a great example this year, maybe Louisville. Let's say that Louisville had one loss. I think they had two losses. Let's say they have, they're mm-hmm. a one-loss ACC runner-up. And when they start to get left out for a SEC team that's 8-4 and four because of the eye test. <clears throat> right. You know, and, and, th- and that's where this controversy is, is heading. And, and it's also, this is really geeky, but how the money is spread out. So if, if it's like it is now... And I don't know exactly how this is going to work, but if it's like it is now, for every playoff team you get, that league gets more money, and then it's spread around the schools. Well, if the Big Ten and the SEC have three apiece and everybody else has one, I think what they're going to do, Chris, is they're going to say, okay, if you have a 16-team conference, you're guaranteed one spot if you have a 20 team conference you're guaranteed two spots i think way down the road not right now but i'm i that's where i think mm. this is going more consolidation like that. i think you're gonna have the sec i think you're gonna have the big 10 and then you're gonna have this whatever the big 12 acc mm-hmm. they're gonna make love <laughs> and i don't know like will florida will north carolina end up in the big 10 I, I, I don't know, but it's going to be like three 20-team leagues, and that's just going to be it. Just my opinion. Mm-hmm. We'll see how it plays out. But that I'd be shocked if in 10 years a bunch of those ACC schools are not in the Big 12. I'm with you. I, I agree. I think this this will fast-track it even more because Florida State is is going to do anything and everything to fight back right now. And they're going to lead the charge. We'll get into bowl games. We haven't even touched on our our state's bowl games. That really neither well, one. We of haven't them. even touched on the Big Ten championship game yet. That's where we're. Iowa headed played now. in the Big Ten championship game. And we well, the problem is, it. it just wasn't that interesting because it I was know, exactly what we thought. You know, <clears throat> it it wasn't as it wasn't like Penn State embarrassment level. For Iowa, I didn't feel like it. I mean, Iowa's defense obviously belonged in that game, in that spotlight. 
And I thought they played really well. You still lost twenty six to nothing. Mm-hmm. It, we we talked about spread. I, were you in? We we our conversation on Thursday was. How do you know if it's an embarrassing loss or not? Did you feel like it was an embarrassing loss, twenty six to nothing? No, it, that was not on the level of the Michigan game two years ago, the Ohio State game last season, even the Penn State game this season. That, that defense belonged. That defense was a Big Ten championship defense. But I don't know what the hell's happened to the special teams. I know losing Cooper DeGene was huge, but from kicking off out of bounds against Nebraska, missing chip shot field goals, missing extra points, uh, then you get an 87-yard punt return, then you get a block in the back on what looked like a big punt return for you. They were only good in one phase, and they were really good. Defense was great. I mean, the, the what was the, the two scoring drives for Michigan to start that game where they went a combined 11 yards? Saw David Eicholt tweet that out. I mean, defense could not have really done more other than maybe taking advantage of you know when a ball is thrown in your lap pick it off and run it back. <laughs> that didn't happen. But again, the offense. I mean, we fell for it. The I I talked myself into taking over 6 points for Iowa in this game because I didn't it's fall just for one anything. play. Don't one play we. is all it would take. A fumble scooped up for a touchdown, a pick six, anything. Anything. And they never even got close, did they? No. The closest they got was the, the, the huge um the, the punt that backed up and went out of bounds at the forty yard line. I was taken over. They're only down what? Ten nothing. And that was the point where they could have turned the game and then boom, fumble. They the the one thing that really pops for me when Iowa plays these good teams is that shit little dump to the tight end that they like to do. Mm-hmm. That usually gets like eight yards. Against, now it gets back to the line of scrimmage. Yeah, and like Michigan was just teeing off on those things. Um, yeah, I don't really know how to analyze this game other than it's exactly what I thought it was going to be. Maybe a little bit less. I didn't feel like Iowa got embarrassed. I don't feel like anybody who watched that game. I mean, obviously, an embarrassing offensive performance, but you could see how but, Iowa's defense led that team to a championship game. Right. If you, if you watched it, look, they, they if if they play a decent team, a good team, the, well, even against the bad teams, the offense is embarrassing. So you had to know that it was going to be embarrassing against Michigan, the offensive performance. But I mean, I've heard from a lot of Iowa fans that are that are saying, well, you know, what can you expect? All these injuries on offense. You know, you, yeah. Do you, you buy that? Lose, do I buy that? Yeah. No, because this hasn't. This isn't just a one-year thing. Okay. Now this year they've been worse somehow than in past years because of those injuries. And Van Wink's got the the tweet today that Iowa had not been shut out since Y two K, the year two thousand. They had not been shut out until this season, and it happened twice. The only two times Iowa played a ranked team. 31 nothing to Penn State, 26 nothing to Michigan. But this is not a this season thing, okay? You talk about the injuries, yeah, and they overcame them thanks to the defense and, and the special teams for the most part. But th- this started 30 games ago. This all started after they beat Penn State in that top three matchup <laughs> when they got to number two in the country. It's it's been in the thirty plus games since then where they have been just terrible. Anytime they play a ranked team, David Eichel tweeted out the last six times they've played a ranked team, they're averaging fewer than ten points a game. This isn't just against the elites. It just so happens that they don't play these. These teams kind of in the middle that often. We'll kind of maybe see it in the bowl game against a, a Tennessee team that's ranked low 20s. 
But anytime they play a team that's not like a just a shit house Big Ten West team, or I guess against Iowa State early in the season, or a MAC team or whatever, it's it's terrible and it's not good enough. It's not good enough because this defense the last three years has been elite, elite, like at the level where you should be competing for a, a playoff spot. That's how good they've been. And if they had the 99th best offense in the country, they might be able to win a Big Ten championship. It's the third straight year I'm asking for this. 99th best offense in the country, and they can't do it. They can't even come close. Can you imagine that they actually got worse this year? Oh, after like think of our conversations this summer. They actually got worse, and they weren't good even before the injuries. No, like it's one thing if they were just lighting up the scoreboard early on in the season. They weren't. They would have been better. It does suck that they lost two really good tight ends, and the quarterback that you you paid all this money for in the portal got hurt in the the kids day practice and was never himself even before the season ending injury but it was again so, it was the worst offense in the country again i didn't i didn't kirk ferentz's post game press conference so I, I know your your stance on this and i know what you want to see happen a lot of talk of injuries a lot it didn't feel like there was much self reflection when it came to the offense and and what they could do differently. I just got to guess, Chris, and we haven't talked about this, but that you weren't thrilled. I, I, I'll put it this way. What Kirk had to say after that game, I don't think can make fans feel much better about what's to come. No, because he's going to make the decision on the next offensive coordinator. What's it going to be? It's going to be somebody who wants to do what he's done all these years. And it's, it's not really going to be any different than what we've seen from Brian Ferentz the last few years, is it? I don't think so. I would just I, love I, to see him. Like Andrew points out, Urban Meyer said on Big Ten Network, if Iowa had an average offense, they would compete for a national title. By the way, That Phil is Parker, how great the defense is. He's absolutely deserving of the Broyles Award. Mm-hmm. He, he should win the Broyles to Basically, for his unit to have them in the championship game competing like that with, with nothing on the like other that. side. Yeah. Nothing. And I I really thought Iowa's defense would take a little bit of a step back this year. They lost a lot. They lost some portal guys. They really didn't. And at even all. after losing DeGene, they yeah, were still like great. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like that guy phenomenal. Like he I he absolutely deserves that award we we all know that but yeah the urban meyer comment was was staggering to hear a guy of you know his ilk say something like that which we kind of knew but man um i I don't know like both of these bowl games i'm way more excited about iowa states than i am iowa's and i'm i'm biased there obviously I, I wish Iowa would have gotten Ole Miss just to see the tennis. The Tennessee's a little bit. I, I don't know as much about them, Chris. You you do more SEC stuff on a daily basis. I would have rather seen Iowa play Ole Miss, like we were. Yeah, kind of I, would, I would have rather seen him play Ole Miss or LSU. What? It would have been great if now this is all hoping that everybody plays in the bowl game. We're going to get opt outs, right? Yeah. But wouldn't it be great to see that Iowa defense go up against the likely Heisman Trophy winner? And Jaden Daniels, if they would have gotten LSU, that would have been really fun to see. It's Tennessee. They're a seven and a half point favorite. The Vols are. Tennessee doesn't really have any good wins this season, I don't think. They, they had a ho-hum year. They lost to the teams they were supposed to lose to. They beat the teams they were supposed to beat. But they can score. And so they're seven and a half point favorites. I thought it would be somewhere around six at least. I like Josh Heupel a lot. I think he's a good coach. Um, I, I I think the opponent is a lot more interesting for Iowa than it is for Iowa State. Like, who gives a shit what Iowa State does against Memphis? Yeah, so I guess we It's could... the destination that's the difference for Iowa State. I know you guys wanted to get back to Memphis. Yeah, my, my thing from Iowa State, just from a football standpoint, is it's just you're bringing like 20 starters back next year. So you're really not going to have many opt-outs. 
but maybe that, TJ wouldn't Tampa. Would you rather see them again? Like, yeah, absolutely. I was State against a Tennessee. No doubt. I agree with you there. I'm just saying from a pure, pure football standpoint, like whatever Iowa does, it just screams exhibition to me that it, it doesn't really matter because the team's going to be so different next year. It's the last game with the coordinator. Hell, we don't even know if Kirk Ferentz is going to be there next year for sure. Okay? Sure. I'm just saying like with Iowa State, I'm kind of going into it. We can get into the Memphis thing and we will. Just from an Iowa State standpoint, it's like another game for them because they're all going to play for the most part. Unless, you know, again, TJ Tampa is a projected second round pick right now. So he may choose to opt out of that game into which I wouldn't blame him at all. But it, it feels like whatever they do in that bowl game could be used to propel into next year, which I think could be a really good season for yeah. the Cyclones. Well, especially because of the way they, they finished. The Iowa, the Iowa game just feels so exhibition-y to me based well, on all the unknowns. It really feels like every other Iowa bowl game. I mean, at least it's not Kentucky that they're playing. I mean, they played Kentucky the last two seasons in bowl games. It's kind of the same sort of thing. I we got to switch these bowls up, man. I think everything gets reshuffled next year. But God, like Iowa State likes Memphis because it's easy. If you're going to be in a mid to low level bowl game, just go to Memphis. You can just drive down there. It's cheap, and like whatever. It's like going to Orlando sucks as a bowl destination. Have you gone to one of those Iowa? It sucks. I've been to two of those. Like it's a terrible location to go to a bowl game. The the field is awful. It's not Tampa. No, you know it's it's a higher level bowl game than the Outback Bowl. It's always been one step above it, but Tampa's a better destination. And Orlando can be cold. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, what, so what's the line in the Iowa State Memphis game? Iowa State was a seven point favorite. They're now a five and a half point favorite, which is what I, I thought. I, I, I'm gonna be honest. I know about the teams that were at the top of the American this season, the Tulane's, the SMU's. I, I don't know anything about Memphis. So they're pretty good. They have a really good offense, bad defense. Their losses are to Missouri, <clears throat> Tulane, and SMU. So they lost to good teams. They went nine and three. And again, like they're a, I, I haven't done enough research yet to give you specifics. Really good offense, really sketchy defense. Okay. The good and the bad with this, it's like nobody wants to see the same opponent. I'm sure Iowa fans felt the same way when you got Kentucky again. It's like, come mm-hmm. on. The fun thing about bowl games is it's these interesting matchups. We already have seen this in the exact same location. Having said that, if I'll play the other side, that was one of the coolest sporting events I have ever been to. Don't laugh, Iowa fans. I mean it. Why is that? Why? Well, Why? so the way they do it, when it was Iowa State and Memphis, first of all, you have to realize the, that game was Campbell's first bowl game. So everybody was super excited. They had sucked for a really long time. They're fired up. There's 30,000 Iowa State fans there. It was a totally different feel than like right now where you're used to being good. But what they did was they split the stadium in two. It was like the Red River shootout. Mm -hmm. And one half was blue and the other half was red. It was really fun. Like, it was a really, really neat deal. I remember watching it, yeah. I just, I'm curious if they can replicate that and do it twice. I I know that's what your buddy, your old, your buddy who runs the Liberty Bowl. Yeah, how about that? I ran into him on the field there in Alabama before they took on Texas. I'll have dinner with him down there. He's, He's phenomenal. Like, you know he always hosts those a, cyclones back. He hosts a big dinner at this barbecue spot for the media a couple nights before. That's my right hand man right there. Good dude. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, there's your left hand man. My main man. Well, can we just get into bigger, better, bolder with Kelderman Manufacturing? How about we do that? Bigger, better, bolder. Bigger, better, bolder. Powered by Kelderman Manufacturing. Yeah, mine is uh, Jerry the King Lawler. We're coming back, baby. We had the iconic party Cyclone basketball game watch in Jerry the King Lawler's basement the last time we were there. Michael Admire went live for the Channel 13 sportscast from Jerry the King Lawler's basement. 
I was tending bar because we had so many people, like just the fire. I had to kick this guy out. We had to get physical with this guy. What? Because this drunk Iowa State fan, this lady, she was just hammered. She she picked up some stray Memphis fan off the street and brought him down into the party, snuck him in. And this guy was stumbling around and he snuck into the back and he was trying on Jerry the King Lawler's robes. Oh my God. Yeah, you don't don't mess with the king. Wait a robes. second. You had to get you had yeah, to get I got physical why, with him. Why didn't Jerry the King Lawler beat his ass? Well, the king wasn't there at that point in the night. He was still on his way. Okay. Yeah, it was a but my bigger bet it was Jerry the King Lawler, baby. He might be <clears throat> what is it? Uh six years older now. I might be six but I I have a good feeling we are gonna recreate this magic in Memphis here later to, later this month. That's a good triple B. Yeah, you gotta figure out a way to get back into the basement there. How many people yeah, were wanna... were there? Oh my god, dude. It was crazy. So it it all started on like the like three nights before the game. I'm sitting there having beers and I'm a pro wrestling geek and start chatting it up with this guy who was like tending bar and I recognized him from old wrestling videos. He was Jerry the King's ring valet back in like the eighties. Like what he was like ring his manager. Valet? He was like his manager. So I, I'm like chatting it up, and he's like, "Hey, hey, uh, you, you want to see something cool?" And I'm like, "Yeah." At this point, like Bloom and Stansberry are there with me, and I go down into the basement with this guy, and I'm there for like an hour, hour and a half. He's letting me try on the king's crowns. I'm trying on all of his robes. He gets me on Facetime with the king. So I'm like, "Hey, Iowa State's got a game." We should do a, a game watch and get a bunch of Cyclone fans here. And the king was like, well, come on down. You can use my basement. Yeah, there's me tending bar. <laughs> down in the king's basement. We had the day of that game, like, I bet you there were 300 Cyclone fans lined up on Beale Street trying to get into this party. Was this before or after your colon cleanse? I don't know. This would have been after the colon cleanse. Oh, after? So you put some of that weight back on. You got a big yeah. beard going. Yeah. There's the king right there in the parade. All right, I'm glad you're excited about going back to Memphis. It's cute. It's it's better than like, oh, let's go to Orlando, and there's 5,000 people there, and nobody yeah. knows what to do. Like Now it's just like, all right, everybody's going to Beale Street and get drunk. Iowa State fans are great at that. They are. And And when I was talking to the rep, he said, look, Next time, we're going to be more prepared with the Bush Latte. <laughs> and maybe Bloom will help out, too, with uh, some Ames Lager. I told Bloom he's got to find... He's got to call Lawler's right now and see if he can get Ames Lager on tap. Damn, man. That'll help with Good the Good job NIL playing fun. the Kings theme music in the background, Matt. Well <laughs> we done. just need this to play throughout the whole show, I think. <laughs> just up... That's just going to be in the background and tell the Liberty Bowl. All right, my triple B is a guy. If I say the name, you probably like who? Owen Entringer. This is, is my triple B. Did you see the play he made on that 87-yard kickoff return? It went viral. He initially made an attempt, missed. He was like 10 yards behind the play. He's the one who chased the returner all the way inside the five-yard line and made the stop before. Look, they ended up scoring a touchdown, okay? But just the effort here, the effort, never giving up. This is great. I loved seeing this kind of just wall-to-wall, goal-line-to-goal-line effort from a player. And... When you have Iowa's defense, too, I mean, Michigan scored here, but it's no guarantee that first and goal from the three against that Iowa defense right. that that's going to be a touchdown. He could have saved them four points there very easily. That's awesome. Well yeah, done just, to point him out. It, it kind of reminded me of the the DK. Remember the DK Metcalf chase down? Yes. A few years ago in the NFL yeah. on Buda Baker. But this was more of a, it was less like, oh my God, look at the athleticism and more like, wow, this is just a guy who's a football player and just isn't going to give up. 
Because he could have, if he lays down there for one more split second after hitting the turf, missing that tackle, he's got no chance. Pops right back up and somehow chases him down. That was cool. That's awesome. What are you going with today, Van Winkle? Brock Purdy? (laughs) You want me to do it? Yes. Four touchdowns, zero interceptions last night. Wait, what? Wait a second. Didn't Van Wink say he was going with somebody else? You know it's the hat, by the way? No, it's just backwards hat. Backwards hat. Oh, oh, I'm not Brock yeah, Purdy. Yeah, I'm not a franchise. I'm not a franchise producer. Cowherd. What a Cow what a performance! Turn. Going back into Philly, the place he nearly got his arm torn off. What? A oh, you really are going. Oh, with by the way, Purdy. the odds-on favorite MVP as of this morning. Is he now? Yes, because it he was, was Jalen Hurts. It was Jalen Hurts was plus two fifty before the game. Brock was about seven fifty, and now Brock has. Flipped. He is plus two fifty, I believe. That's Hassel's longtime personal friend, Colin Cowherd, who was slandering Brock. Yeah, what the hell? BCB. Impressive. Very what? impressive. In, in in that environment, in, in that weather, and they just slapped the shit out of the Eagles. You know what's crazy to me? I've learned. I've not learned, but it came to the realization for me in the last week is how many of these college quarterbacks are making more than Brock Purdy. Good point. How many million-dollar college quarterbacks are out there right now? Is Did it- you see the Ohio State kid just went in the portal this morning? No. McCord? Yeah. No, I did not see that. What's he going to get? I don't know, because if you ask an Ohio State fan, they'll say, well, he's the reason we didn't we didn't get over the hump. Uh, Bloom thinks that Dylan Gabriel is going to go back into the portal and just portal and just take like a two million dollar payday somewhere. Well, when you're one of those guys that you're probably not going to make much money in the NFL, you might get a cup of coffee. Oh, Adam said he just did this morning already. All right, Bloom knew it. There you go. Why not try to maximize your earnings in college while you can? New world, man. It is. It is. But. Look, as Matt Rule said, a really good quarterback in the portal is going to cost over a million dollars a year. How many of them are there, though? And how many schools are going to reach in hopes that the guy they bring in is worth that? Like I would say, what do you think right now? What do I think quarterbacks are making worth? Over, how, how many quarterbacks right now in college football, are being paid over a million dollars a year. Uh, right now or in two weeks? In two weeks. Fifteen. Yeah, I was going to say at least ten. Yeah, fifteen. But the thing is, then you would go, well, how many running backs? And I would say, like, none. 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 You know, like it's turning into, like, just load up on the quarterbacks, the offense, and defensive linemen. I mean, it's, it's it's an NFL light, except there's no rules. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, too, what nobody understands about this, we all think that this is like a player power thing. Nobody's protecting the players. This isn't good for the players. Like, maybe for, like, the top 1%. It's great for Caleb Williams. Oh, as Nicholas points out, Utah State ponied up for Petrus. You see that? Petrus yeah, heading I, to Utah State. Dude is going to cook out there. I think he he has a chance to do something at Utah State I think in I'm that offense, get a Mountain Petrus West. Petrus jersey. Yeah, that's that, that sounds like a perfect spot. Do you think Petrus. Petrus will have a NIL store thing out there at Utah State where I could get a jersey? Oh, yeah. I've been Definitely. staring down those Deacon Hill shirts. Those, like, yeah, I mean, tight Deacon Hill ones. has a full line. Yeah. Does Joey Labus have a line? When does he go in the portal? That's that comes huh. today, right? Like it sh- the portal opens today. Iowa played on Saturday. Like Labus is in the portal by the time we go to bed tonight, right? I, I don't know how he's not. Real quick, Matt Campbell did say last night they had a couple other guys this weekend, but he he said they're done with that. Done with what? He doesn't think Iowa State will lose anybody else to the portal. Oh, great. He said that last night on his Liberty Bowl call. 
He also said he doesn't expect any opt-outs in the bowl game, but let's see what agents have to say. And sure. They only have one senior, really, that is a draft guy, and that's TJ Tampa. So I think at worst-case scenario, Iowa State's missing one guy in that bowl game. These bowl games, man, are so freaking crazy, though. Like All the coaching changes, the portal... Like Willie Fritz now, did you see my guy Willie Fritz going to Houston? He got that yeah. job. Really interesting move because it's not that much of a jump. Well, he's got a new athletic director there, and I just... Yeah, but geez, what he's done at pay? Tulane, I thought he could have gotten a better job than Houston if he wanted to. Uh, I mean, I always thought if Campbell left, call Willie Fritz. I think it's a brilliant hire for Houston. I do too. They need substance. It was just like Nebraska. You know, after all these, like, they needed just a guy to come in and just be a sub football guy. Mm-hmm. Houston has enough athletes in 30 mile radius to fill it. And they've got money. Yeah. They've got I think pretty Fritz nice facilities. Really well. I think, I think really it's, oh, it's a great get. Great get for Houston. Uh, thanks to Kelderman Manufacturing for the bigger, better, bolder. Uh, let's do some basketball as Iowa plays Purdue tonight, correct? Purdue was the number one team in the country a week ago. They were upset on the road by Northwestern on Friday night. Hawks at Purdue tonight. Let's see if I can find me a point spread here. Yeah, geez, I, I think it's going to be ugly. I mean, I, it's these a, are the bad ones half. for Iowa. Twelve and a twelve half. and a half. Van Wink. Oof. I'd be I'd be going Purdue with that. Just I just think it's a bad spot. Purdue is pissed off coming off a loss on the road at Northwestern. This is your prototypical get right game. Yeah. Uh Yeah. I would. Just- I'm taking. I'm taking Purdue. Even when you had like Garza and stuff, you didn't match up well with these these Purdue teams. Real quick on the Cyhawk game, which is coming up on Thursday, it's looking, depending on what Iowa does tonight, that's going to change things. If Iowa could perform really well tonight, maybe it closes in. I'm guessing Iowa State's a four-and-a-half, five-point favorite in this one. And Iowa State doesn't like. play from now until then, correct? Correct. We had the same setup last year. Remember Iowa played Duke? Right before the Cyhawk game in like New York, I don't have any recollection of Iowa playing. I watched it at, at Circa with Ken Miller <laughs> last year. Oh, that's the night you. Okay, right. That's the night you got there. Yeah. On a Tuesday, and then Iowa State Iowa played okay. on Thursday. Women's game on Wednesday. Iowa will be a heavy favorite in that one. I'm going to be there looking forward to watching that. Completely sold out, Hilton Coliseum. I think the women's games, I know the women's game sold out. I have not heard if the men's game is sold out yet. It has to be. Yeah, I mean, it's at Iowa State, right? Yeah. How would it not be? I don't know. I, just, I haven't seen anything on that. I'm I'm guessing that it that it probably is. But uh, you, you big, said you're going to the women's game, but not the men's game. Yeah, I'm going to go to both. I'm going to go okay. cover both. Yeah, I'll spend a lot of this week at, at at Hilton Coliseum. I don't know where I'm at with Iowa State. Like, I think they're going to be fine. Well, I don't I think, think they're a tournament knows. team. I am not like a, as an Iowa State guy going into Thursday night. I am not <clears> confident. Well, you were pretty confident going into last year's game, as I remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Murray was out, and Iowa just blew the doors off. So maybe, maybe it's better for you to be this way. I don't know. I'm even like it's just here's what's weird, and I actually give TJ a lot of credit for this. He is very much a coach who coaches to the players that he has. His philosophy is to get the best players, and then I'm going to move my coaching philosophy to best fit them. Mm-hmm. If you watch that DePaul game on Friday night, Chris, that was a total opposite of what they've been doing for two years. They scored 99 points. They gave up 80. Like Iowa State didn't give up 80 to you know to, to Kansas in recent years. Like it, it's like they're leaning into offense a little bit because I I think and when I'm watching, 
they just don't have as good of defensive players, and, and you hope that you can coach them up and they can keep getting better. But their, their tempo, so last year their tempo number was like 326. Right now they're in the top 100. It's just a totally different form of yeah. basketball. Well, he's got his the guys he wants in now. As we've talked about on this program, TJ does not want to play like he did the last couple of no, years. No, it was out you of go necessity. Go back to his his really good teams at South Dakota State. They they were they were fast, high scoring. He just that that's what he had. I mean, that's what he had to to use. So he he did an incredible job adapting. But isn't this more like what he wants to do? Yeah, I think so. It's just I don't know how good they are right now. I think they're going to be really tough in February. I don't know how good they are right now, though. They they look lost at times defensively, and they're they're they're. Here's the good thing: Taman Lipsy is a top ten point guard in college oh, basketball. Man, so that's a great building Triple block double. right there. Yeah, he is really really good this year. Um, I Mom Chilovich, I think will be second or third team All Big Twelve guy. By the time it's done, like I, I think he's going to be that good. By the time this season is done, I think he could be. Yeah. Wow. I think he's really, really good. But the problem, I, I just don't, I don't. Here's the best way to put it. I don't know if they have their identity yet. Like, if you ask mm-hmm. me, what's Iowa State basketball's identity right now? I knew it the last two years. Boom! First time I saw these teams. I don't think this team has one yet. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. At least with Iowa, it's like, yeah, I know what their identity is. They're going to try and outscore you. Like, we know exactly what they are. I think Iowa State is still learning what this group is going to be. There's my. I can't believe the Cyhawk game is here already. What are you doing this upcoming weekend? Are you just. Do you have to travel anywhere? Uh, When do you start calling basketball? Brother, this Saturday. I've got my first basketball game. I'm going to uh, Middle Tennessee and Belmont. Missouri Valley game. Yes, have to remind myself, Belmont is in the Valley now. Middle Tennessee is in Conference USA. Belmont just, I think, didn't they just go up to Northern Iowa and just blow out the Panthers last week? Yeah, yeah, they did. They're a good team. Uh, so th- this is, so I'm you're not in doing Nashville? Ra- yeah, I'm team? not doing radio for Learfield for basketball. There's no Learfield basketball. This is just uh, CBS Sports Network stuff this season. Do you guys do any bowl games? No. No, so you're done. Dunzo with football. So that's oh. what I'm doing. Okay. Do you have fun this year doing that? Traveling oh, the awesome. country with gold. Incredible. You, I, I didn't see who was ranked seventh and eighth and ninth, but of the top six teams, we saw five of them. Yeah. The only top six team we didn't see was Michigan. We did not do a single Big Ten game. Wow. Yeah. And I think that speaks to. The um, just the the lack of really good matchups week to week in the Big Ten, like because mm-hmm. there's nobody. You have yeah. Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, and then just a monstrous drop off. You're Iowa. not going to do any West games, like there's. Yeah, just I no mean, point. it's just like, and it, when Ohio State plays Minnesota, it's a blowout. So there just there weren't that many. Um, attractive matchups this season outside of the huge ones like the Michigan Ohio State, you know the Penn State Michigan. Mm-hmm. I, that's why I'm I'm actually a little bit excited that the Big Ten is adding Oregon Washington USC UCLA because there there needs to be more teams to fill in that that gap because it's it's a monstrous chasm. It's just going to be interesting to see these West teams and how they evolve now. Yeah. Look, they're not going to come in here and score 50 points a game against teams like Iowa, but I, I think certainly that they'll not come going in to, They're not going to turn like into a, a big puzzle tent. piece. I think it'll be like a puzzle piece that will help fill in the big gaps that we have in this conference right now. The easy thing too, like I, I see a lot of, I've seen a lot of Iowa fans go, well, look at Nebraska. They, they came in and they suck. Well, there's two differences. One, Nebraska was like reeling at that point when they switched leagues, they didn't know who or what they were. Mm-hmm. You know, they were clinging on to the Pliny and like whatever. 
They had come off Callahan, all that stuff. They weren't the Nebraska of the 90s switching leagues. But two, I think the portal... So the biggest challenge that these teams had when they were switching leagues was recruiting. So Nebraska had a huge hurdle because they had recruited Texas for so long. Well, now you go to the Big Ten, and that wasn't open for you anymore. They had to completely reinvent how they recruited. Mm -hmm. I think with the portal now, it's way less relevant, especially for these Pac-12 teams that... There's now a you know there's a pool of them out there, and you're paying these guys now. Like they're, it's it's not hard to get a guy to go from Ohio to California to college anymore, like right. it was back in the late '90s, mid 2000s. The sport is changing. That is for sure. All right, mm-hmm. get out of here. Get to work. All right, Monday back to work we go. Maddie Van Winks, the it was production. a fun weekend. Fun weekend. Just sat. Hassel just sat on his couch and drank all weekend. I went down to Clorinda. And grilled fairway meat. You went to Clorinda? Yeah. We had Thanksgiving you, dinner. What? You had a week late Thanksgiving? Yeah. Well, I mean, I was gone all last week, so this is kind of how we do it. I'm always gone on Thanksgiving. Okay. All right, brother. My dad had the Michigan fight song queued up on his Bluetooth speaker for Saturday night. He was very excited for the Iowa game. Just to cheer against Iowa? Yes. Amazing. Mr. Williams. <laughs> 26 to nothing was not enough for him. He he really wanted Harbaugh to put Did one in for good measure. Did he again tweet out the gif of the cat wiping its ass all over the carpet no, but when he describing did. the Iowa offense? I actually... Explained him. I told him not to. He had a tweet ready for the end of the game, but he he decided it wasn't a big enough of a blowout. He had the tweet scripted out. It was ready to go. What was it? I don't know. I said, Dad. There I bet are, you it, it was the gif of the cat wiping its ass on the carpet. Potentially, potentially. That's He's all Chris Hassel. I'm Chris Williams, Maddie Van Winkle as always. Appreciate you guys watching. Later. Iowa everywhere.